What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Friday edition of the Snaggle Show. I am, of course, your host, Chris Jardine, a.k.a. Snaggle J. Uh, and I say Friday edition because I think I have managed to nail down a schedule that I think is going to work well for me and hopefully for you guys as well. So the plan moving forward is we're going to have episodes on Fridays and Mondays. Fridays and Mondays. Um, I had mentioned on last week's episode that I was going to try to podcast a little more frequently. Um, and yeah, so we're going to have at least two episodes per week, two full regular size 20 to 30 minute episodes like we usually have. Um, the AEW episode notwithstanding, sometimes we'll get upwards of an hour. You guys know if I get rambly on a particular uh, topic that it's going to go long and it's going to be fantastic at the same time. Um, but yeah, so we're going to have Friday and Monday episodes. Uh, I am very excited for today's episode. It's something a little bit different uh, that I hope you guys are going to enjoy. Uh, it was an episode that I wanted to record um, a few months ago and it kind of fell by the wayside and I'm very excited uh, to be able to record it and hope you guys really enjoy it uh, on this beautiful, beautiful Friday as we inch closer and closer to summer. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it as always. If you're listening on anchor.fm slash The Snangle Show or if you're subscribed in your podcast app of choice, Google, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, or any of the great podcasting pod-catching apps in existence out there, I appreciate your ear holes, as always. On today's episode of The Snaggle Show, I am going to talk about my experience at an elementary school chess tournament. Yes, that's right. Um, so for those of you who follow me on Twitter or uh, Instagram, um, you'll know that my son uh, took up chess this year. He's in grade two. and No, he is in grade one. Man, I always get that wrong. I always get that wrong because he's a big dude. He's in grade one. He's going into grade two next year. So he in the winter, January specifically, he just took up playing chess. Um, they have a chess club at the school, which is run by one of their fantastic teachers there. She's extremely engaging with the kids. Um, and in the fall, she did coding club, and then they switched over to chess. My son wanted to play chess. He wanted to give it a try. I said, absolutely. It was an hour a week after school. Um... He would play, and then he would he would we would play when he comes home. And anyway, so they had a district level chess tournament. I guess for those of you who might not be familiar with like a school district in like Canadian sense, it would basically be like a regional tournament. Um, so we went to the tournament. It was on a Saturday. Um, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for him because um, you know he's brand new to the game. He never played it before. And so we went down and throughout the day, he just kind of kept saying, you know, he was having a good time. He was having fun. Then they announced the winners and he won, which was incredibly surprising. And I was very proud of him. So he won the right to go to the provincial um, school chess tournament, which was in April. So we're a, a couple months ago in St. John. So we got up super early in the morning and we drove down. And there was a whole, like a metric ton of people at this event. I mean, you have all grades from kindergarten to grade 12, um, you know, from every, you know, all the schools and all the districts in the province were there. And it was, it was a massive spectacle. We left at like six o'clock in the morning. Um, he was exhausted by the time we got there. But it was kind of funny because, I mean, like me, 
you know, he's in grade one, so he, he still requires, you know, a pretty good level of, of direction and parenting and, you know, in, in a large environment like that that he's not used to with a bunch of people, you know, it's trying to make sure he's in the right place at the right time. But when he was playing his games, so at these tournaments, parents aren't allowed to watch. There is no spectators permitted. They're taken to a closed-off room, and then they play their games in there, and then when they go in, they come back out and, you know, talk about how he did. And then, you know, 10 or 15 minutes goes by, and he goes back in again. So I basically just sat on a bench and played the Switch. Um, it was shortly after Final Fantasy VII had come out on the Switch, so I was kind of playing that. But I also did a lot of people watching when I was at this particular event. Um, so I decided, you know what, this would make an amazing podcast episode to talk about my Tales from an Elementary School chess tournament. So right off the bat was uh, a group, a, a set of parents I would like to call Post Game 20 Questions. This was the first game of the day, um, and their kid comes out. And I would have to speculate he was probably in grade two or three. Now, just for the record, I'm not going to use, like, names, because I don't know anybody's name, but I'm not going to use, like, schools or things like that. This is not meant to, you know, call out or shame people. This is more just observations in people watching. So I would say their, their child was probably in grade two or three. And he comes out of the first game, and it's immediately, like... 20 questions. What was your opening move? How did you counter that? What did he do? What did they do? Were the judges helpful? Like just bumbo and it was both parents absolutely bombarding this kid with like at least 20 questions about the chess game he just played. And he was one of the first kids to come out. So the chess game couldn't have been more than five or six minutes. And I believe he won. But they were just hammering the poor kid with questions. Well, did you use your rook effectively and all this stuff? And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, man, this poor kid looks like he just wants to like have a muffin and some apple juice and like go sit down and relax because it's super early in the morning. Um, you know, it, it's just like, I was like, man, this poor kid just getting absolutely bombarded with questions first thing in the morning after playing a game of chess. I thought it was kind of funny. The kid was having none of it. Next up, we have um, the dad who believed his son was hosed on a call. So, now, I, I didn't get the whole situation, but apparently the judges ruled that the game he was playing was a stalemate. I believe he was in grade four. And similar to the first group of parents I talked about, this dad was, was a lot of questions, and the, the son came out, and the first thing he said was, how'd you do? Well, we stalemated. What do you mean you stalemated? So, like, uh, immediately the dad was disappointed that the kid didn't win. Um, so that kind of set the tone for where their conversation went from there. So he starts describing all the terms of, you know, how, how they reached a stalemate. Now, if you're not familiar with chess... You can get to a certain point of the game where each player has so few pieces left, especially if they're ineffective pieces, like just your king and maybe a pawn or two, where it doesn't look like a checkmate is going to be possible, so the game is ruled a stalemate, which basically is like the equivalent of a tie. 
Um, so this dad was like had immediately came to the conclusion that the stalemate was called incorrectly. So the, the dad's like trying to flag down some of the uh, teachers who are volunteering their Saturdays to um, you know to to not really officiate, but to help wrangle kids and back and forth and. We're going to talk about one of those teachers a little bit later. Um, but, like, totally going nowhere. Like, the dad was just was way over the top. And, again, this was the first game of the day. So, everything is a point-based thing, right? Uh, one point for a win, half a point for a stalemate, no points for a loss. And there's big stakes here because the winner of each um, grade level got to go to a national tournament in Vancouver, which was in May sometime. I believe it was the May long weekend, actually. Um, so yeah, this dad was like way too into it. He kept just, he, he got on the phone. That was the best part afterwards is uh, his kid went back in for the second game and he gets on the phone to, I assume, his significant other trying to say, like, I need you to find someone from the school. I need, like, school representation. Like, I want to challenge this. Like, I want to uh, uh, protest this. And, you know, even though they made it very clear in the beginning that, you know, the judge in the room, their decision was final and there was no protest at all and, like, they were going to officiate everything by the official rules of chess. And this guy's, like, trying to, like, wake up his school principal on, like, a Saturday. Well, I mean, he would have hopefully been up at 10 o'clock in the morning. But he's, like, trying to get him on the horn to be, like, you know, I need to back up here. Like, they're disgracing our school. And, oh, man, it was, it, it was, it got so funny where the other parents were, like, snickering about it. Like, in, in the, the circle of people who were sitting close by. Like, it was, it was, it was borderline hilarious how bad. This guy was going was going over the top. Um, the next group of people I observed were the constantly playing family. So there's a long corridor that goes down to where the kids play, and there's a double door, and then there were some benches on the side of the double door that we were allowed to be on. And there were these uh, this set of parents that they had a little fold-out, you know, travel chessboard, and the second their daughter came through the door, they started a game. They never asked, how did your game go? Did you win or lose? Are you having fun? There was no talk whatsoever about what had happened in the tournament. It was come out, sit down, play chess until you get called back in. And they did this for the entirety of the day. So, I mean, we were there for the better part of five to six hours. And this kid was was in to play a game, out, played with their mother and father until it was time to go back. It, it was never... The only time this kid wasn't playing chess is when they were walking from the room to the parents and from the parents to the room. I don't think I seen any of them use the bathroom. I don't think I seen them eat any food. I don't think I saw them leave the position that they were at sitting by the double doors, constantly playing chess. I mean, it was like, this was like the big leagues to them and to their kid. Like it was, and the thing is the kid didn't complain. The kid didn't really say much of anything. 
um, it was just, they, they were locked in. They were in the zone. <laughs> they were having a, uh, they were having a good time. Um, so the next, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, the teacher having too much fun. So again, th this event was supervised by some, I assume they were local to the school teachers who decided to come in on their Saturday and, and supervise and, um, you know, basically they were used to escort kids from like the, the cafeteria slash holding area to the game area. And there was this one teacher, he was hilarious. Um, he was like making like snakes like through the crowd and like and you know like obviously he was playing up to the to the younger kids to the kindergarten the grade one and the grade two kids and he'd have them skipping and he would uh, you know stop and pretend he was a bus and like let kids out to um, you know to go with their parents or whatever. Like it was you you could tell this guy was having way too much fun. Like I'm like I was thinking, you know, if I was supervising at this tournament, that would probably have been me. Um totally seems like a plausible thing that 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 uh you know, Snaggle J would do. Um he was having just just more fun. And it was kind of funny because you know, he was trying to get the other teachers, like, he would walk, like, pot by them, and he'd be like, come on, let's see your, your, let's hear your horn, or, like, something, you know, he, and the other teachers would just, like, roll their eyes and keep walking, like, I'm in the school on a Saturday, I'm volunteering at a chess tournament, leave me the hell alone. That was the kind of looks he was getting from some of the other teachers, which I thought was, you know, completely hilarious. It was, uh, it was funny. He was, he was definitely, uh, he was definitely the MVP of the volunteer squad um, for sure. So then, at that point, it was lunch, and the food situation. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man! The food situation was absolutely insane. So it's at a school. So so they use the school cafeteria, which was inadequate for the number of people that were there. We waited in line um, for 48 minutes for two pieces of school-made pizza. Now, I don't know what the schools are like where you guys come from, but where the schools, uh, the schools from our area... School pizza is basically like the no-name brand of pizza. I'm sure most places are probably the same. Like, this is not gourmet-level, deep-dish, topping-covered pizza. This is like hard-crust, made-in-a-factory, one piece of pepperoni per slice, you know, same edible consistency as cardboard, uh, pizza that we waited almost 50 minutes for and I mean the thing is that at that point my son was 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 tired you know it was he had been up since you know before six which he's not used to um he was tired he you know was a little disappointed that you know he didn't have this was the first time he had faced adversity playing chess 
So, you know, it, it was a, it was a learning experience for him. So he was tired. I was tired. I was hungry. I needed coffee like you couldn't believe. Uh, and they didn't have any coffee. So the food situation was, was a problem. And it was like, I mean, it felt like I was in school. <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt, I felt like, I felt like, I was in school, like I was in high school waiting for my lunch and it just took forever. Um, you know, eventually Grayson was able to eat and he felt a little better. So that's good. Um, so you can't really complain about that. Um, but yeah, it, the food situation was, I, I'm like, if you're going to do that, why not just order up a bunch of pizzas and have it dispersed a little easier than, you know, having one big long snaking line with a hundred people in it at a time. It seemed poorly thought out. So now we're back in action. Um, and throughout the day now, I don't know if you guys have seen this particular hat that I own. But a few weeks before that, I had picked up a Montgomery Biscuits hat montgomery being uh one of the farm teams for the tampa bay rays and i have the biscuit with a, a face hat so basically it's like an english muffin with a you know slab of butter as a tongue it's basically a biscuit with a face all day people were staring at my hat constantly especially kids kids thought it was cool like i had little kids like pointing at my hat and, and snickering and and, you know, I mean, I'm a big broad-shouldered guy who considers himself a goofball. So, I mean, I could take kids pointing and laughing at my hat. But it was constant all day. And some of the looks I got from parents were like, why is he wearing that hat? Like, oh, like, what, what, what is this guy doing? Like, does he know this is a provincial-level chess tournament? And here he is wearing a hat uh, that's, you know, it's yellow and it's vibrant. And there's a biscuit on the front. And that biscuit has a face. Like, I could just feel the judging. And it was hilarious because, I mean, I don't give two shits, right? Like, you know, I, I'm a 37-year-old man. I wear what I want. I, I wear what I want, right? Like, you know, I, I don't, I absolutely do not give the least amount of care in the world how what someone thinks of what I wear. It was just hilarious that, you know, I had chosen that particular hat on that particular day. And, and you know, it received all kinds of wonderful looks and attention that perhaps I, uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't intend. And then the last group of people I want to talk about is the Conspiracy Theory School. So there was one school there, and they had a lot of people. Um, a lot of, you know, they probably had, I would say a dozen, maybe more representatives from their school. And they had one person, now I don't know if the person was, I assume the person was affiliated with the school in some way, um, as a teacher or, or something of that nature. Um, but she was very high strung, I guess. Um, she was very, she moved very quickly as most organizational people at these type of events do. They move faster than everybody else because they have to be there and they're organizing and we're trying to get pictures and, you know, she was trying to organize this picture before and um, she was constantly involved with, you know, making sure that, that the kids were in the games and, and, 
you know, asking them how they did, and she was she had a clipboard, and she was keeping track of everything on a clipboard, even though there was big, giant standings leaderboards posted for each grade in the cafeteria. She was keeping them on a clipboard. And as the day went on, I heard her make a comment about, I would say probably halfway through the tournament, that the students from her school weren't performing very well and that it must be a conspiracy. I kid you not. Um, and then as the day went on, her comments about this grew. To one point, and I think it was after the fourth game, so we're into the second half of the tournament at this point. Um, one of the kids comes out, probably a high school level kid. And she said, how did you do? Oh, I lost again. And she just like, her, she almost dropped the clipboard on the ground. Like the clipboard just like kind of falls to her, you know, to her knee level. And she's just like, man, these guys are out to get us. And I was like, I was at this point, I was fighting a boss in Final Fantasy VII. I don't quite remember which one, but it was an early game boss. Something in Midgard. And I remember just looking up from the Switch and being like, Are you kidding me? Did she just say what I thought she just said? <laughs> she was convinced. And then, so, she was convinced that the, that the judges were out to get them. So I don't know if there was some bad blood or if it was a rival school to the host school. Uh, I have no idea. But the next game, so the, the last round, the fifth round was the last round for, for most, unless there was tiebreaker rounds. I think, I think all the grades played five rounds. So I was waiting for Grayson to come out from his last game so that we could you know finish up what we needed to finish up and then get out of there and start our three-hour trek home. And... One of the younger kids from that school came out and she said, how did you do? And the, the little girl, I think it was a little girl. Yeah, it was a little girl. She said, oh, I lost again. And I remember the representative from the school goes, oh man, 0 and 5, like you didn't lose a game all year. Like the fix is in. And I'm like, the fix is in. It's a chess tournament. Like, are they playing ringers? Did they put ringers in the room to specifically target these kids? Like, <laughs> and like, it's one thing to say that in a joking kind of way, right? Like, you bring 12 or 13 kids from the same school and they all do really poorly. It's one thing to joke about a conspiracy or the fix being in or whatever, the deck being stacked, deck being stacked, not deck being stacked, deck being stacked. It's one thing to joke about all that stuff, but it's another thing to be like saying it to the kids and like she was serious. She thought for sure that the tournament was rigged against these kids. And I just, it was so comical. And all the while, so all the while, all of these things are going on around me. And I am a grown ass man wearing a biscuit with a face hat, sitting in a corner, playing a 20-year-old game on my Nintendo Switch. Who do you guys think the coolest dad was there? Every kid who walked by, oh, it's a Nintendo Switch, oh, it's a Nintendo Switch. 
<gasps> it's a Nintendo Switch. One kid actually came up to me. He was probably in like middle school. And he was trying to be all cool. And he was like, hey man, what game are you playing? And I'm like, Final Fantasy VII. You know, I mean, I don't mind. This is an honest question. And he said, oh, I never heard of it. So I flip it around and I show it to him. And he goes, that game looks old. And I'm like, yeah, it's a remake. Or uh, I, I, I don't think I said remake. I said, I said, you know, I think it's a re-release of a 20-year-old game. I knew the response that was coming next. Oh, man, all I play is Fortnite. Now, like, ah, oh, yeah, here we go. Here's the Fortnite kids coming out. You got Fortnite on that thing? Yeah, I do, but, you know, there's no Wi-Fi here at the school, so we're not going to be, like, rocking any duos or anything like that anytime soon. I'm glad the kids stopped short of asking me what my Nintendo Switch handle was um, for Switch Online. I'm glad the kids stopped there. But, yeah, so... It's kind of funny, right? And I don't, and you know what? I'm not, like, I, I want to make very clear. I'm not judging any of these parents. I mean, everyone is free to conduct themselves and, and handle their children in whatever way they see fit. This was just, a, a, for me, a very, very hilarious exercise in uh, people watching and seeing what, um, what sort of things uh, interactions people have, you know, it was just kind of funny because for me, um, as a dad, this was kind of the first time I ever went, went to one of these organized tournament sort of things as a parent. Um, you know, my son's not old enough to be, to be playing, um, in baseball tournaments and stuff yet. So, I mean, as he gets a little bit older, he, he's seven this year. Um, so he's still a couple years away from like organized travel tournaments, which will be a whole other experience. And you can probably look forward to that on a future episode of the Snaggle Show. But this to me was a hilarious episode or uh, exercise in people watching. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I really enjoyed um, sharing my tales from an elementary school chess tournament. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of The Snaggle Show. As always, if you have any feedback, make sure you reach out to me on the Twitter machine at SnaggleJ, S-N-A-G-G-L-E-J. Or you could jump into my Discord, discord.snaggle.club. Um, let me know. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. On Monday's episode, I am going to be talking about video games. Um, Monday's episode, I'm going to talk about um, some games that I am excited about that are coming out this summer. Um, and I'm also going to be talking about to, um, about some things I am going to be looking forward to at E3. I think E3 officially kicks off on Monday or Sunday. I know there's some panels on Sunday. I think Microsoft is on Sunday and I think, um, Bethesda is on Sunday. Uh, and then obviously Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is all of E3. So it's going to be a very exciting E3 week. Um, so I'm going to be talking about some summer games I'm excited about on Monday and some E3 preview stuff. And then next Friday, um, we're going to talk. We're going to do a little bit of an E3 recap as well um, and potentially throw another topic in there as well. As always, guys, I appreciate each and every one of you who are listening on Anchor or in your podcast app of choice. Thank you so much for subscribing to The Snaggle Show. And until next time, peace.